Welcome back to another episode of Ecumenical. Today, we're going to talk about the catechism and why it's kind of a big deal if we're going to be bringing new Catholics into the faith. Before we get started, I want to thank you all for joining me to watch and participating in the discussions and comments and all that stuff. Also, please, if you like the video, smash the like button. If you want to go and get more of these updates, make sure to subscribe to the channel and share this video wherever and however you can. I appreciate all of the extensions and interactions we can get as a result of bringing other people in to see what we're doing here so we can help other people be Christians, Catholics, on top of their game to make sure we're living holy lives and we can die well and go to heaven, right? That's the that's the end state. That's the goal. So without further ado, the catechism. So we've heard the catechism, I think. And more commonly, we hear RCIA and things like that to bring new Catholics into the fold. But catechism, that word, what is the catechism? It derives from the ancient Greek, where the original word actually means to teach orally. So this is word of mouth. And the catechism covers the summary of doctrines and dogmas of the Catholic religion, which have been passed by Jesus Christ through his apostles to us by way of tradition, scripture, and the magisterium of the church. All right. So those are the three things that are covered. It's the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the apostolic tradition, and the magisterium of the church, which is the authority to pass on those teachings as Christ told us would occur in Matthew 18, 17, uh, in the same vein as Paul told us in 1 Timothy 3.15 of the Catholic Church being the depository of the truth, and also in Ephesians 3, 8 through 10, where Paul tells us that God's wisdom will be passed to us through that same church. So important, we have to find a way, or God had to find a way to pass truth and teachings to his faithful subjects, those people who want to be Christians, how do you get them all the details they need to go and be able to be saved? How do they understand what it takes to be a Christian? Um, and it's more than just the Bible, which is why we're talking about the catechism today. So magisterium, before we go any further on that one, because you're like, hey, what's this magisterium thing you just said? I have not heard this word. and It sounds like something weird. Well, it's not weird. It's just ancient. And we're talking about another language. We're talking about Latin here. So magisterium derived from the word magister, which means teacher. So when we're looking at the role of the church, the church is supposed to teach. Otherwise, it can't fulfill what Christ said it was going to do, and it can't fulfill what Paul said it was going to do. So that means God has to find a way so that the church is the teacher that promulgates all the truths of the religion so other people can come in and understand the one way to look at this. Otherwise, if we're all running off in separate directions, coming up with our own, you know, ideas and our own churches and our own theologies along the way, then in the end, that Bible doesn't do anything because we're all going to have different ways to look at it. This is kind of Protestantism in a nutshell, right? That's the problem there. So what happened before Protestantism started was there was the Catholic Church, first and foremost, that kept a unified look and a unified set of teachings and approach to how they brought the Catholic teachings and truth to the faithful, no matter where they were in the world. Catechism was that mechanism, oral teaching. This is what Paul is talking about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, when he brings up, do whatever we told you, either by word, our epistle, or by, by word where they're speaking. So there's written word and there's spoken word, and he brings up both of them. This is what we're talking about. Oral teaching, the catechism, and the magisterium then held by that church to promulgate that catechism to the faithful. So when we're talking about Christians and gathering all this information, what is that church supposed to do to get that information to those faithful? Well, 
They have scripture, they have holy scriptures written by the first bishops. So we have Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Paul, and we have Jude and Peter and John, right? We have those authors that are out there spreading these truths about the Catholic religion. We also have the people that they ordained. So you're talking Clement of Rome, you're talking Ignatius of Antioch, Polycarp of Smyrna, Irenaeus of Lyon, Justin Martyr, etc., etc. All these men who were ordained and instructed in the depths and understanding of the faith. So that's where the apostolic tradition is captured. And then the magisterium is that roll up of how we bring it all together to ensure we are teaching the correct approach versus someone saying, well, I think it could mean A plus B equals X versus <laughs> A plus B equals C, maybe something logical. Well, humans with our own flaws, demonic influence, whatever, we can go off in different directions. The church avoids every individual among us trying to take Catholics and Catholic teaching in a direction where God never intended. That's why we need the catechism and this summary of the doctrines of our faith. This mechanism is old, right? We know oral teaching has been there for some time. This is how we bring cradle Catholics as young children through and get them to the point where they can become adults who are faithfully Catholic. And this is also how we bring in people who didn't start Catholic to become faithful Catholics. So as adults, they maybe grew up as atheists, or maybe they grew up as fill in the blank of the religion, Hindu or Muslim or whatever. And they're like, hey, I want to follow Jesus Christ now. I want to turn away from what I used to do. The catechism has been the traditional mechanism to bring individuals into our religion so that we can all hold that same view on the immutable truth that God has given us through his apostles and by way of the church. That's where all the power comes from. This is why Augustine says, I don't believe the gospel because of what itself. I believe the gospel because it was the church that gave us the gospel. Therefore, the gospel holds weight because the church had the weight first. This is what the catechism is bringing to us, is that authoritative teaching from the church. We all can have that when we subscribe to the catechism. Really cool, right? This whole thing that we're talking through in terms of catechisms and, and oral teachings, um, it wasn't necessarily organized in a way where I can sit there and go back to the year 300 and say, this is the catechism from the year 300. We don't have that. We have a whole bunch of teachings that rolled together with the scripture and the authentic tradition of the apostles and the magisterium. We have all that. But the first time it really gets all organized is after the Protestants revolt. And at that point in time, at the Council of Trent, finally, the council fathers decide, you know, maybe we should put together a uniform assembly of teachings. And that would come to be known as the Catechism of the Council of Trent or the Roman Catechism. That is the most complete work of the summary of Catholic teaching. So it doesn't hold all the extraneous pieces. You're not going to know about every single church father in the catechism. You're not going to know about every single church doctor in the catechism. All of the extraneous outside cases that resulted in councils themselves, you're not even going to get that detail in there. What you are going to get is what do the gospels mean? What is it about Jesus Christ that makes us follow him? We talk about the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What is the mass? What is the Eucharist in the mass? What are the seven sacraments? How do ordained priests pass this knowledge on and what is their role in our faith, etc.? All of that is covered, including where the bishops sit, um, the See of Rome and the Pope and how he fits into all this. That's what you're going to see in the catechism. It's the basic stuff that gets you started. Do not look at the catechism as an all-encompassing encyclopedia of every last little bit of Catholic you know, 
Catholicism, Catholic theology. That's not it. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas had started something like that, but that is not necessarily the catechism from the standpoint of what is the summary if you were out there and you're like, hey, I have someone I know who I'd like to get them introduced to the Catholic faith. Do you know what, unfortunately, you can't do right now? RCIA is not the mechanism that you would use to actually introduce them to the faith. Because in the end, it's complicated, it's convoluted, it's not concise enough that it actually gets them a definitive picture of why Catholicism and nothing else. Why Catholicism, to the exclusion of all other bodies of ideology and theology that exist, why Catholic theology, the fullness of the Christian religion is passed to us by Christ and the apostles. Why is this the truth versus eh, the rest of it? RCIA doesn't do that. The catechism does. Because that was the whole point of the Council of Trent. They were putting it together to say, how do we stand up against all of these weird manipulations and twisting of our doctrines that have taken place that have resulted in Protestantism? This is what we have to go and clean up to make sure that doesn't happen again. And that was the objective there. So the Roman Catechism is a very quality piece of theology and instruction that is a really good start from the standpoint of people who are really in-depth. Because the issue nowadays, unfortunately, uh, and I think you'll see it as well, Catholics have a lot of challenges on our plate, right? The world's crazy. Things move really fast. You have songs that take place in four minutes. We've got TV shows and movies and crazy advertisements and everything is all flashy and trying to just grab your attention. So everyone is very distracted. So what we're looking for is, hey, is there a way that we can get something that's a little more boiled down, right? Because even though the catechism, the Roman catechism is amazing, you're talking about a 400-year-old document, the only catechism ever made by the church considered infallible. However, it's long. So hundreds and hundreds of pages you're talking about in that book. How many people are going to read that thing and say, oh, yeah, I got it. I'm good. This makes sense. This is why I want to be Catholic now. Not many people are going to be able to do that. So then what happened? Well, you got Robert Bellarmine, now St. Robert Bellarmine, a Jesuit, um, back before the Jesuits went off the rails. He actually goes and puts together his small catechism or his short catechism, depending on uh, the translation of the word. But the short catechism was basically his boiled down, condensed version of the Roman catechism. So he took a basically infallible work, and I want to say it was Pius XI who actually said the Roman catechism is considered near infallible. Um, the short catechism then, being an abbreviated version of that, is what Bellarmine provides so that people can start learning their religion from something that at least get an introduction to it um, from this short catechism. All right, that's pretty neat. Well, then... What ends up happening is that in the United States, they're bringing an otherwise untamed country into Catholicism because Maryland is the only colony that starts off at the very beginning of our country back in the 18th century as when everything's finally coalescing together around the time of the Seven Years War and all the other stuff. We're finally seeing this nation get formed officially out of 13 colonies that were British. And what do you do when you're Catholic bishops in this country that doesn't really understand Catholicism? you got to find a way to teach them. So what did they do? Well, they met in council in Baltimore, and what they finally decided, they're like, you know what, we should probably look at translating something so we can teach people, right? Well, what they did is they took Bellarmine's short catechism, they translated it, it becomes the Baltimore Catechism, and the Baltimore Catechism then becomes the mechanism by which new Catholics would be introduced to the faith. So you're talking about children and adults. When they have four different levels of catechism, so you're seeing a children's version at the bottom and the teacher's version at the top, 
So it, le it increases in detail and complexity as you look at the different versions, but all of them are translations, basically extensions of Robert Bellman's work and ultimately the Council of Trent and the Roman Catechism. These are really solid documents then you can give to someone and say, hey, here's a hundred some pages of basically what you need to believe as a Catholic. If you disagree with it, we can talk about it, but at least you can give them one point to zero in on and say, hey, does this book, what does it mean to you? And we know, as opposed to some of the modern teachings, we know this one is actually grounded in the Council of Trent as an infallible teaching, which aligns to 2,000 years of church history versus any of the modern stuff, which kind of went off the rails. And you'd say, why am I going to say something like that? Well, let's build on this, all right? So we know that we had the translation of the Baltimore Catechism it takes place around 1853. It's the first time it shows up in English. It ends up getting promulgated as the Baltimore Catechism officially. You're talking 1885 time frame. And that Baltimore Catechism is used primarily then as the mechanism to bring Catholics in for around 100 years. So it's pretty prolific in terms of what it was doing. But at the end of that time frame, as it starts to dwindle, um, and I know, thankfully, from the traditional side and you traditional Catholics, that's probably how you were brought in. It was more Baltimore Catechism than anything. It just is a really solid way to go to understand what we are as Catholics and what we do believe and what we don't. However, in the 60s, we have the Second Vatican Council. The Second Vatican Council ends and a bunch of stuff starts to shift when that council finally closes out with a bunch of the cardinals and bishops and priests who decided they wanted to be busybodies. They went a little further so specifically, 1966, and this is 1974 is when it finally was uh, impacting the way that Americans were being instructed, because in 1966 is when they finally decided to change how they bring new Catholics in, and they created the right of Christian initiation of adults. So this is a newer thing that comes along with the Novus Ordo that is not grounded solidly in the scriptures and the traditions and the magisterium of the church in a way that allows the learner, the student, to connect those dots. And the end state is, is that the new RCIA thing that had been created doesn't get officially translated into English until 1974, and then it starts permeating everywhere. The concern, though, becomes is what happens when that document does not clearly tie back to the ancient saints who say you either are catholic or you don't go to heaven who say you either do everything god commanded you or you're going to get damned that grave sins are absolutely and utterly grave and confession is an absolute requirement are you fit for taking communion or not all of these things that are very black and white in the teachings of christ and the apostles the church has held them for ages two millennia and the catechisms which came through that, which reinforced those teachings versus RCIA, which all of a sudden it gets very gray. Everything becomes very gray to the point where now there are Catholics and Protestants who can't tell the difference between Protestant and Catholic theology other than maybe a pope and maybe some sacraments and some really long worship services. They don't understand why there's a difference in terms of what we do. This should be concerning to us as Catholics and to anyone else who can't delineate in terms of what our faith means. Um, somehow we have to find a way to say, no, this is what Catholicism is. This is what it isn't. We are either Catholic or we're not. There is nothing in between. Okay. All or nothing. That's what Christ demands of us. So the question being now, if the catechism has been our traditional bedrock of teaching for hundreds, thousands of years, some form of oral teaching, right? So 
Do we believe that the new teachings that have been provided through RCIA have increased the understanding of individuals, especially those Catholics who received it? Do they know more about the Catholic Church than the generations before? And I would say no. And this is where we have to go and say, by the fruits, you shall know them. Do we think modern teaching is building on the apostolic traditions and the scriptures to make sure everyone has a clear understanding of what goes and what Christ accepts and what he doesn't? There's a reason hell exists and it's permanent. Is RCIA making that completely known to actually ensure that the learner understands that at least, what, two-thirds? A large majority of people are going to be damned. Do they know that? Do they know that we're all at risk of being damned? Not just if we go to church, but if we take communion unworthily, that if we don't go to confession for our sins, that if we don't even understand that a bunch of the sins that we're committing daily are grave sins, and we cannot go and get ourselves right with God, do they not understand that jeopardizes their eternal soul? Did RCIA help them or did not? The question is, is are Catholic institutions stronger than they've ever been with a an emphasis on religious life and making sure that we have people that are living their faith to the fullest extent and helping bring others in so that the church is growing or do we see something else are we seeing threats inside and outside the church that are making everything unclear and confusing it and making it all wishy-washy and gray or are we seeing clarity from the instructors so that rcia is RCIA helping us understand that our instruction, so our, our leadership, does RCIA clarify the positions of our leadership? Is it making it so clearly in black and white I can tell when the Pope says something, it's actually, it's Catholic or it's just his opinion? Because I can't have both. Any prelate who's out there has an ability to give us a personal opinion or God's teaching. He can choose. He's got to choose one way or the other. It's either God's teaching or it's not. Do we clearly see, can I tell when a priest or a bishop or a cardinal or the pope or any theologian makes a statement, can I tell that what he has said is absolutely definitively 100% Christian according to the teachings I have received and that everyone has available to them to tell whether or not this is Catholic or is his opinion? Can, can we tell the difference? Because if we can't, then we now need to go and say that perhaps our education of our faith is lacking, right? In all of those matters if we do not get ourselves sorted out with god we cannot fulfill matthew 28 20 to do all that christ has commanded because unfortunately catholic teaching does not tell us that it doesn't explain how to do all christ taught matthew 5 48 says be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect if, if we don't know the fullness of our faith can we have any expectation of ever acquiring perfection outside of just some random hope so we don't want to be just blindly hopeful and foolishly hopeful in a way to say, well, I mean, God will fix me. Will he fix you, though? If you don't take the effort to sit there and say, we have the internet at our disposal, at your fingertips, you can look up any book you want, you can go and find any doctrine that you have on the theology, and unfortunately, we have conflicting opinions in there, which means it's going to take more than just saying, hey, what does this mean? What is communion, the Eucharist? What is the state of grace? What is the state of mortal sin? What are the grave sins? What do the Ten Commandments have to do with me today in abiding by Christ's commandments? If we don't know these things definitively in terms of what's acceptable and what's not, then what are our chances of salvation to reach perfection of God as we're dying, to be in a state of grace so that we can go to heaven? What are our chances of abiding by everything he commanded us and bringing other people into that faith? And if we can't even 
articulate what it means to be Catholic. And we can't articulate the differences of a Catholic theology, of Catholic living from the world. Why would anyone want to be Catholic? If there's no reason to go and do this, and you don't even care about heaven or you don't understand that, hey, only a certain people are going to get in, a small smidgen. And the Catholic in a state of grace has a high chance of being able to make it, a higher chance than anyone else to be able to make it. But we can still fall off if we don't understand that we're jeopardizing our eternal souls and the souls of others who are missing out because we never did our part to educate ourselves and help others. Are you ready to take on any of these teaching responsibilities to help give people oral teaching? Thankfully, we got a catechism, but to help them find their way to true Catholic theology out of the mess, the morass, the just the confusion. Are we ready to help? Because I'm going to sit there and say, RCIA compared to the catechism, I'm going to go with the catechism every time. Catechism is proven, made infallible. RCIA is not. Catechism has the details and the understanding built into it with a whole bunch of specific uh, facets of our religion that are absolutely essential to our salvation. This is important. And not only do we have the Roman Catechism, we have the Baltimore Catechism, we have the Spirago Catechism. There's a handful of others that are out there. If you want more information on catechisms or where to find them, uh, they're absolutely out there. Baltimore Catechisms are available everywhere. Um, and honestly, for all of us who are looking at trying to say, hey, I want to know more or I want to share my faith, look for the Baltimore Catechism 3. That is the best one for adults who are just trying to go and get introduced to the religion. Speaking from experience, the Baltimore Catechism 3 is where my wife and I started, and I would highly recommend other people doing the same. And this is where I would also give the plug to sit there and say, if you want to understand the scripture and the apostolic tradition and the magisterium, look to our channel here, because on the Ecumen right now, we are 19 episodes in, we're building more as we go. We got four more that are in production right now and some more recording to go, but we're going to finish out that entire catechism where we talk through all these lessons. Your opinions are absolutely necessary there. We appreciate all your inputs and share it with everyone so we can get more people on board this catechism thing so they can start sharing the catechism with others. It's in print. Get a copy. They're like maybe 15 bucks. You can find them on a bunch of different bookstores out there. And again, if you need help, I can go and try and get you uh, uh, pointed in the right direction. But let's make sure that we are doing everything possible to spread that traditional understanding of our faith. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for all the time you spent with me today, taking on all this information, giving you about the catechism. If you have questions about it, make sure to throw them down in the comment section down below. If you like the video, make sure to smash the like button. If you want to get more of these updates, like I said, subscribe to the channel. Um, make sure to check out the rest of the catechism videos that we're putting out right now. Those things I hope will be really helpful. They're set up more as a podcast. So if you want to listen to them on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify, they're out there. Again, just throw comments. I will help you get access to them. We'll go from there. Uh, thank you for everything. May God bless us. The Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right. See you later.